This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Ty Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at tiesoftware.com. Welcome back to another edition of Check Call. Today we are covering all things insurance and why it's so important. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Today we are joined by Joe Nibley, Vice President of Milepost Insurance. Welcome to Check Call, Joe. Hey, how are you, Mary? I am doing pretty good. I am. I'm actually kind of excited about today because um, I will admit insurance is something that I no is very important. And I always tell people you absolutely have to have insurance, especially if you have to go get special insurance just for a super high value item. I know it's really in- important, but I've never really kind of gotten into the nitty gritty or like the the logistics behind insurance. So I'm excited to kind of get into that today. Before we get too far into it, let's get some background on you and how you got started at Milepost. Yeah. So um, I've been in the insurance business since graduating college. So 17 years for the first uh, 11, 12 years, I was basically in the underwriting world. Um, I've always been in commercial auto. Um, and within commercial auto is is trucking and transportation. So that's kind of been my background all the way through. And then in 2017, started up Milepost Insurance, which is an agency that really got its start focused exclusively on over-the-road truckers, and for the most part, small independent owner operators, so motor carriers with one to five trucks. I kind of like that. It's kind of, you know, you have that niche because a lot of times I feel like, um, again, I'm not an expert in the insurance world. That's definitely your your area. But I also feel like, you know, there's people who will have no problem covering like a a small like couple couple trucks kind of situation or a large mega carrier. Sometimes I feel like there's not that good in between. Um, and you know, everybody needs insurance, but it's always tricky to find the right one that works for you. Um, but jumping right in here, why is it that so many insurance providers have no issues covering, like I just mentioned, a fleet carriers, owner operators, but they all, but they often struggle or they won't necessarily cover a brokerage fleet. Okay. So we are getting right into the the deep top here. Just dive in, in the deep end. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is a question that comes up a lot. Um, so it is true that a lot of insurance companies will be perfectly fine with insuring a trucking business. So the trucking MC, no issues. If there is also, however, a brokerage involved, and typically that's done under a separate MC um, wasn't always the case when I started, you know, 17 years ago, like I said, um, the rules were different that, um, you could have a brokerage and a freight or a, a motor carrier under the same MC number. 
I believe it was in 2012, there, 2011 or 2012, there were some new regulations that kind of forced those to become separate entities, I think, changed the bond requirements at that time. Um, and you would have thought that that would have changed the way that certain insurance companies viewed insuring trucking companies that also ran brokerages, but it really didn't. Um, so as to why, um, one of the interesting things that insurance companies have to pay attention to whenever they're insuring a trucking company is the motor carrier filings. And the motor carrier filings that you, that you make with the FMCSA, it basically says that you are going to indemnify the public in the event that the motor carrier is found liable. Um, and the language around these filings basically says whatever's on your policy, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but if you have something excluded from coverage on your policy, you will indemnify the public and then you have the right to seek reimbursement should that be the case, you know, from whoever was responsible for the claim. The reason why the brokerage piece can become a problem is because if you have a trucking company in a brokerage and they're sharing assets or they're sharing back office or they're sharing personnel or they're brokering loads to themselves and to other trucking companies, if there's any kind of, I would say, overlap of people, process, assets, or if they're just not doing a very good job kind of keeping things keeping things separated from a back office standpoint, it creates the possibility for a creative plaintiff's attorney to allege that the brokerage and the trucking company are effectively one business, not two separate businesses. And that any claim that arised out of the brokerage operations also involves the trucking operation. And since the trucking operation has a motor carrier filing, which says that you will indemnify the public no matter what, there's that potential that the trucking company is going to be brought in to any sort of a claim or anything that arises out of that brokerage operation. So I, as I went through all that, I'm thinking back to what you first said as we started this conversation, that insurance is not the topic that everybody talks about all the time. And if I said anything in there that was insurance and not English, Please ask me to clarify because it makes perfect sense to me. But these are this is one of the trickier aspects from the underwriting side when you're looking at trucking versus brokerage. It makes sense though because the first thing anybody tells you when you go to start a business on your own, whether it's you know mowing lawns or having a rental property, anything like that, the first thing everybody tells you, or at least your accountant's going to tell you, is make sure you have an LLC and you separate as much as you can. So that way, you know, when it comes, it, heaven forbid, any legal situation should come out of it, you know, they can't attack one. They can only attack one. They can't attack the other. So that way you're still protected and everything like that, which it makes sense that that would be the same kind of in the insurance side, because, you know, if I am a broker and I dispatch a load and, you know, a driver gets in an accident, then I, it should only affect the brokerage. It shouldn't also affect my transportation company or my trucking company because I just so happen to work at a brokerage that's kind of affiliated with that trucking company because they're still technically two separate entities. But I guess when you take it back a step and really kind of break it down like that, it does make sense. Yeah. And oftentimes the brokerage is going to be asset light 
the trucking company is going to be asset heavy. So you're very exposed from an asset standpoint on that trucking company. And that can be very worrisome, not just for me. I don't want to say, I shouldn't say worrisome for the insurance company. It's worrisome for everybody, especially that trucking business. Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, one of the more popular things to do if you have a trucking company is have some sort of brokerage or dispatch service because it's another way to bring in revenue. But obviously it opens up a little bit of exposure there that uh, is probably fine. But that one day it's not fine. It's a really bad day. Yep. So one of the things that um, back in back when I used to do very expensive freight, I did um, super oversized uh, farm equipment. So it was like two million dollar tractors that we had to move on a flatbed. So one of the things I always had to do is have a carrier get extra insurance. Um, why? Why? Is it, I'm just going to I'm just going to go right in. Why is it expensive to get extra insurance? Yeah, it, it's, it's the value. Um, and then especially when you look at large oversized items, there's all the concerns about it's just easier to strike things. And, you know, the, there's just a higher probability of something. Um, what we see, it's interesting you have that background and I might want to ask you a little bit about it. I'll give you, I'll give you one thing we see quite often with our customers is that for the most part, even like, so if they're flatbed, if they do some occasional oversized overweight, they may, they may need oversized overweight filings in the state of Ohio. I think it's like an OS 32 filing. We take care of that. But most of the time they're hauling like a piece of farm equipment and they may need $200,000 of coverage for that farm equipment. But occasionally they have a military contract and they're hauling something that doesn't seem like it should be worth a million dollars, but in the military, so they want a million of coverage. A lot of times what we try to do to help them with the affordability piece is do like a trip charge. Um, it's not something you want to do a lot of throughout the policy period, but it usually is once, twice, three, four times during a policy, no problem. Well, we will increase that limit while they have that large, expensive piece of machinery. And then once they've delivered that load, we can drop their limit back down to help them manage costs. I kind of like that. That's a, that's a, you're not doing this all the time, so we don't need to fully add it. But for these one-offs you get here and there, we got you, it's covered. And, you know, we're not going to be open to millions of dollars of product being lost. That's right. And the other part too, that I would say here is, in my understanding, so I've just always been on the insurance side. I've never worked at a trucking company. I've never worked at a freight brokerage, but my understanding is that sometimes the freight brokerage will have kind of like a contingent cargo policy in place for, let's say the trucking company has $100,000 of coverage and they want to put a $500,000 or, or the trucker needs to move something that's worth $500,000. So they might use that contingent excess policy to cover from $100,000 to $500,000. So you can layer the two policies together. That's definitely good to protect the brokerage. I think it's also good to protect the trucker, but we always advocate to our customers, the motor carriers, to make sure they have their own coverage in place. Even if somebody else is saying they have contingent coverage, make sure you yourself have your own policy. Speak with your agent, call your insurance company. If you're ever hauling something that is valued more than what you're carrying coverage for, talk to your agent. Now, 
I didn't think I was going to go down this road, but I, but I'm going to go just real quick. Okay. So this is insurance nerds on just for one second. Typically with cargo insurance, there are rules that say that you have, you have to carry enough coverage to cover the value of what you're hauling. And if you don't do that, you can run into what's called co-insurance penalties. So for example, if you're carrying $100,000 of coverage and you haul something that's worth $200,000, if that piece of equipment gets damaged, the amount of in, the amount that that claim would get paid out by the insurance company but will be reduced by the amount that you underinsured that vehicle up to a certain percentage. So let's say that that $200,000 piece of equipment was a total loss. You're not going to get $100,000 coverage from your policy, that's going to get reduced usually by 20% or more because of co-insurance. So it is a, incredibly important to make sure you know, how much is this stuff worth? Do I myself have enough coverage? Because if you don't, as the trucker, you, you could be looking at one of those co-insurance penalties, and now that's potentially coming out of your own pocket. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So basically... The moral of the story here is always carry your own insurance because it'll protect you and someone else's insurance is not necessarily going to protect you. It's going to protect them. I, I think, I think, were, you know, the hope is that it would be that protection, but you, I would always trust in making sure you have your own insurance in place because you never know. And right now, I think a lot of our customers who I said are the small customers are not in a position to have a $20,000 out-of-pocket expense to cover part of a claim. I don't know that anyone's in a position to handle an extra, a surprise $20,000. I mean, maybe like an enterprise carrier that has like a billion dollars of revenue a, a, a year or something, um, which they might be able to absorb 20K, but the average person cannot absorb 20K. <laughs> we always advise people look for ways to cut costs, not corpse. So one of the something that we've seen a lot more, you know, with um, with, you know, some shady carriers entering the market and other stuff like that is, you know, um, since insurance costs are arguably one of the higher costs of running a trucking company outside of fuel and um, equipment, um, some people are going to like Big Joe's insurance or, you know, Joe's real good insurance, but real is like spelled with RL. Um, but that's something that people are doing to kind of cut those costs. So kind of how... Can small carriers, you know, try to, you know, combat those high insurance costs as they continue to rise? Like, is there any kind of steps they can take to mitigate it um, where they don't have to go to Joe's real good insurance? Um, so this is, I think this is probably more important now than ever, because again, we know there's a freight recession. We know that Every transportation company is facing challenges right now, whether you're big or small. But I think especially for the smaller guys right now who are maybe more reliant on spot market, they're getting revenue pressure. And as a natural response to, to the revenue pressure, they're going to be looking at how can I save money? 
And insurance is one of those places where you can certainly save money in a variety of ways. But if you are being presented with insurance options that seem too good to be true, they may be. Now, here's a couple of things that may tell you whether or not it's too good to be true. The first thing is you need to understand what is the financial strength rating of the insurance company on this policy. And this is critically important. I know you have a brokerage background, Mary. So the financial strength ratings are done by a company called AMBEST. And AMBEST is just simply there to tell you, is this carrier financially responsible enough to be able to pay your claims in the event that they have? And they give letter grades to every single insurance company. I should say every real insurance company. Some don't have ratings. If it doesn't have a rating, you should be very concerned. I think the minimum rating you want to look for is an A rating or higher. If you get below an A, not only are you running the risk of that insurance company maybe not being able to pay your claim, but more important, especially right now, is that when you go out and try to get loads and form new relationships with brokers, they may or may not want to accept your insurance when you're doing your broker carrier agreement if you're not with an insurance company that has a high enough rating. And that can cost you money because you may lose opportunities to get loads. Now you're you're hindering your revenue. So you saved, say you saved two thousand on insurance, you may lose five thousand dollars by missing opportunities in the freight. That's number one. Number two is making sure that whoever you're dealing with whether you're going direct to an insurance company or an agency, do they provide the service that you need 24-7 to get you certificates? One of the things we hear from our customers all the time is they run into challenges getting a hold of their agents when they need a certificate. Because like it or not, trucking is a 24-7 business, but insurance is more of a Monday, Friday, 9-to-5 business. And if you're trying to get a new load from a new broker, and it's in the evening or over a weekend, you're going to need to provide proof of coverage. If you can't get that from your insurance provider or agent, again, you're going to miss out on opportunities. So always make sure they have a solution for you to prove coverage 24-7. And third is just, are they, I don't want to say expert in insurance because I feel like everybody would proclaim themselves to be an expert, but do you get a sense of confidence that they know what they're doing with trucking insurance? And are you confident that the policy that they're selling you is what it's actually going to be? Because many times the policy will get sold by an agent. It then has to go to the insurance company to be underwritten. And the insurance company may take a completely different viewpoint than the agent. That could mean that the price could change dramatically, or it could mean that the policy just gets basically canceled or terminated because the underwriting department disagrees with the agent. But the better agents out there, and there are a lot of great agents out there that really understand trucking and they know what the insurance companies want and how to abide by underwriting rules, they will help you avoid those problems. So if I'm a freight broker and I'm going to onboard a new carrier and, you know, I say, hey, can you provide me some insurance? And they send me, you know, Joe's real good insurance. And I see that and I go, okay, this is weird, but it looks legitimate. Um, what is basically like, is it a, is it appropriate for a freight broker to call the insurance to verify that that's like a real client? A hundred percent. A hundred. We get, so we actually got a call this week and this was kind of a sad story. 
apparently one of our customers had their truck broken into. He had his binder stolen from his truck where he had all of his motor carrier credentials. Um, and the reason we found out about it was because a freight broker called us and said, hey, I've got this person who's trying to get a load. Is this person associated with this policy? And is this truck actually insured with you? And we said, we don't know who that is and know that truck's not on the policy. And so they said, okay, that's what we thought. And we ended up calling our customer who then told us a story about his truck getting broken into. And we're like, well, we wish you would have told us we can help you with that sort of stuff. But 100%, yeah, we get those calls a lot to verify coverage, not just as the person, but as the truck on the policy, is this coverage real? Because a certificate is one of those things that we see a lot of fraud and falsification of certificates. So it's it's never a bad practice for a broker to make that call if they have any reason to suspect what they're looking at may not be legit. I kind of like that because that would also go against, you know, we've seen a lot of double brokering and fraud on the rise. So if if I have if it's it's just another check that I can make that says, okay, this is a valid carrier. It's, you know, I'm not gonna get I'm highly unlikely gonna get scammed by them. Um, I feel like insurance is one of those things where, you know, someone tries to pull it off, but that's always going to be where you're going to get got because there's anything I know about insurance companies. They are meticulous record keepers. Yeah, that is that's part of the job. (laughs) All right. Well, we are almost out of time today, but there is a question that everyone comes on the show has to answer. And you, Joe, are no exception. Are you ready for it? Ready as I'll ever be. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay, so according to my research here um well depends um what it depends on is whether you there's so there's two spectrums ranging from purist to rebel are you a structural purist or a structural rebel and then are you an ingredient purist or are you an ingredient rebel so an example here, structural purist, ingredient purist, that would be two pieces of bread, deli meat, mayonnaise, you know, and that's a sandwich. And if it's not that, it is not a sandwich. Structural rebel, ingredient rebel apparently would include a Pop-Tart as a sandwich. I, yeah, okay, I've heard this before and I'm, the only one I'm willing to tolerate is a Pop-Tart as a ravioli. I could see that. So, Apparently, hot dog is right in the middle. This is the neutral zone. So that leads me to believe that there is no answer to this question. That's a first. That's the first that we've gotten. Yeah, it's it's it is purely a matter of opinion. I absolutely love that. Um, I'm team hot dog is not a sandwich because again, when you go into a deli, I'm a, I guess I would be a structural purist. When you go into a deli, you you don't see hot dogs on the menu hamburgers burgers are separated from sandwiches i mean there's just there's, there's i don't know it is it's, it's an entirely separate thing um so if anyone wants to uh you know get your take on sandwiches pop tarts uh hot dogs or if they have any insurance questions that maybe they have that's been burning burning a hole in their pocket um where can they find you outside the show you can find milepost insurance at our website milepostinsurance.com and you know if you're at have questions on the insurance front, I think that's the best place to go. Uh, we've got quotes. You can you can get quotes and buy policies online, or you can call us. If you want to talk to me about anything, hot dogs to trucks, anywhere in between, 
um, look me up on LinkedIn. Happy to connect and, and start a conversation. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Mary. Find check all the podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out all the other incre- incredible Freightways podcasts, such as Rethinking, Reshoring, and Great Quarter Gals. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on freightways.com slash checkcom. See you on the internet. 